Hey there, we're the Westlaw Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe. And I'm Eric Skoskowspo. Uh, Happy New Year, guys. Um, it's been a minute since we've uh, we've been out. Um, holidays and all that kind of playing wonky with our with our recording schedule and uh you know i thought you figured you know it was a nice time to take a little bit of a break i think that the uh the search committee for the new defensive coordinator and uh position coaches were also taking a break over the holidays because <laughs> nothing's been announced on that front and, i, I you know. know it right it's like we're we're recording on a thursday night here we gave it monday tuesday wednesday there and we just know we're gonna record and you should all thank us because us recording <laughs> this Thursday night means oh. they will announce the defensive yeah. coordinator tomorrow uh, right as soon as we finish recording this. Uh, no, I mean, we joke, but it's certainly possible. And I think we all feel like it's it's something that's going to get done very soon. Um, I think we're pretty confident that it, I mean, it really could be tomorrow. And if not, bank on the following week. I think we think this is going to get done soon, but yeah, you should th- you should all thank us because it's probably going to happen tomorrow, right after we were unable to talk about it this week. I I am curious how you guys feel about not not the length of time, but like at this stage, like the, like the level of our urgency right now, because I think it became apparent that in December that the coaching staff was prioritizing the recruiting class above everything else. They needed to keep that yeah. together. They needed to get with those guys. It feels like once that recruiting class was signed, like. I don't know, like, like, I'm I'm saying all this assuming that they already know who they're going to hire or who or who it's going to be. Um, I think if you know if they were in a situation where they've talked to a bunch of people who have said no or they don't quite know what they're going to do, like that would be more concerning. But I just like I I can sense the fan base getting itchy and. Uh, unlike you know at times during the course of the season when I was like we need to, you know move on from Jim O'Neill. We need to, to make some changes. Um, I don't, I don't feel the same sense of urgency in this moment. Like, like it, whether it's tomorrow or early next week or even mid next week, I, I don't know that it matters a whole heck of a lot, but I'm curious how you guys feel about that. I, yeah, I, I, th- I think that, you know, you look at some of like around the, around the country. I mean, you're starting, you're hearing more and more coordinator hires. Texas A&M yesterday decides to hire Bobby Petrino for some ungodly Oof. reason. He's their new offensive <laughs> Put, coordinator. Putting the band back together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Seriously. Um, you know, it was announced today. Kirk Chirac is going to uh, Rutgers. Oh, really? Um, yeah, oh, I didn't that, see that. that. Wait, r- really? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's what I, that's what I'm seeing from Minnesota. So, um, the, from the, Minnesota. Prod- the prodigal son who returned and found his offense again, he's leaving immediately for Rutgers. I'm yeah, I mean Tanner Morgan's gone, so you know, <laughs> I get. I yeah. guess that's true. Um, I'm well, just, I mean, I'm ta- just beside my like he, Tanner Morgan didn't play much this year. Like Kaliak Manis was the. I, I this is this is um, this is a terrible radio. Like I'm stunned. No, yeah. It's it's interesting, but it it highlights, and I think to your points, Guz, the it is true. I I think my own reaction to it, and to answer your question, is the fact that it it doesn't feel like we're like okay, right? The the class maintaining this class, bringing these guys in. Okay, now that that's locked and loaded, 
I feel like I can feel I can focus more on the intricacies of who would come available and when they would come available. Yeah. Right. Like we can start being like, okay, right. So are they, you know, are their dominoes falling relative to the college football season or the end of the NFL season, et cetera? I mean, to give you one specific example, right? And to give one specific example, and I say this not knowing anything particular, but we're just a couple days removed from Tulane stunning USC, (laughs) right? And Chris Hampton, Tulane's defensive coordinator. I mean, again, it's not like they held USC to a few points, but they certainly engineered a massive safety at the end of the game, and he was awesome all year. Let the the man, like, enjoy the aftermath of that a little bit, you know. Right, and but now it's like right. He's his their season is done, and you're talking about Chris Hampton is one of the hot DC commodities in the country, right? So now he's officially released, right? He's yep. going somewhere, but now we're going to find out whether it is. So you don't know. I mean, who knows? It could be that that is a moment at which Pat Fitzgerald is pulling him in for a meeting or something like that. And again, yeah. this all may have been signed, sealed, and delivered weeks ago. But then there might be a situation where, again, return to a hypothetical Chris Hampton. Let's say this was something that was dealt with behind closed doors, and he was like, okay, but I want to coach out the rest of the season and mm-hmm. coach the bowl game. Yeah. And then, right, like... So I think I were able to evaluate all those different possibilities without this massive feeling of urgency. And I think we're all arriving at the place that this is something that's it's going to get done. If yeah. not, if not this week, next week, it's happening very soon. There's also the uh, the NFL uh, possibility. I mean, the NFL regular season ends this weekend. So uh, a bunch more coaches are probably going to get fired and like coordinators will come open. So, mm-hmm. you know, if we're if we're going to go dip our toes into the NFL ranks again, um, that, you know, we could be waiting for something along those lines. I mean, I have no idea. Well, yeah, like Bradley Locker uh, uh, talked about uh, Vic Fangio probably coming available. Right. And, and a guy that could get a look at head coach. So there is. Yeah, there's going to be a whole nother like mini carousel that gets kicked off as a result of the NFL. Um, and some of the guys who, you know, presumably if if. Um, is it Tony Scott, uh, the the defensive Trey line Scott. coach? Trey, yeah. Trey Scott, the defensive line coach for Georgia, is, I mean, v- very possibly going somewhere. I like. I don't think he's coming to Northwestern, but he's very possibly going somewhere. Y- you would think that he wants to coach the national championship game. I don't. Uh, I don't before, know before uh, you know d- delving down those those uh, other roads. I don't know. I'm fully expecting. Tomorrow, Friday morning, Trey Scott to do the whole forget the natty. I just am so stoked to be a wildcat that I can't wait. <laughs> well, I just like in all seriousness, though, like, I, like I, I do feel rather relaxed about this whole situation. It seems like you guys do as well at this stage. And again, it's not because we know something. It's not because we know a name is coming. Like we had our conversation with Bradley about Ryan Scott or Ryan Smith um, as being, you know, Maybe an odds-on favorite, just just given the time that it's taken and the the, the potential, um, you know that that he could bring to the role uh, as a, as a young, uh, up and coming coach of color, et cetera. But um, I the other, I'll be honest, like, and, and I know this is what we really want to focus on tonight. The other thing that that kind of like makes me chill is just seeing what the Northwestern basketball team has been able to do with what feels like less talent than last year. Um, no, like major, major. I, I mean, I guess Barnheiser and um, and Verhoeven are both like decent, decent recruits. But like, we're seeing the impact of a incredible coaching hire, somebody who was not on, you know, the radar, uh, 
totally changed the nature of Northwestern's defense and and as a result Northwestern's team. Yeah. I and and that's the thing I you know we I know we're about to pivot but the one highlight again and, and again don't rule out there being a DC announcement right you know the day after if not the beginning of the following week after we record this pod but to your point there's part of me that's glad that there isn't because we want to talk hoops and they've earned it and you know let's give them their due yeah i, I think um you know with that we should you know go ahead and, and make that pivot uh you know coming off uh, last night's big win over illinois um you know wearing those you know i i'm, I'm gonna say it I do not love the Chicago uh, seniors uniforms. It, there's nothing purple about it. There's nothing Northwestern about it. I mean, here's they look kind of cool, but I mean, the fact that you wore it against you wore a Chicago themed jersey against DePaul, you gotta win that game. They did. You wear a Chicago themed jersey against Illinois, you gotta win that game, and they did. And they've beaten five five teams from the state now. They started. Yeah, all five. Sam, my feeling on those jerseys is. They did not look good when they first put them on. And every time we beat a team, they get a little bit better looking. (laughs) (laughs) And right now I, I have no, no complaints, no sartorial notes on the Chicago unis. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, ball don't don't lie. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah. So 7360, you know, beating Illinois, huge second half. Uh, big run, Chase Adige just, you know, kind of taking over, um, which is something I think yeah. going into this season. Uh, I don't know, t- t- uh, t- taking over and then, n- getting, none of us then w- getting cramps and demonstrating, like, why why we are all gray-haired, like, n- nervous as F uh, Northwestern basketball fans. Yeah. Sure, yeah, exactly. Um, but, I mean, g- going into the season, none of us thought that Chase Adige was going to be, like, the pivot point that – turned around this this program and like his defense has been incredible the the entire team defense they're leading the nation in uh two point field goal percentage against that's bonkers that is they're bonkers like, it, third in the nation on all uh shooting against and like 10th in, in scoring it's crazy. it's unbelievable and i i mean i think people if you haven't watched this team yet if you're holding out if you've been hearing about the defensive i like we can't hammer home enough. This is some of the best defensive basketball you will ever see. These guys are playing out of their minds on yeah. defense. It's not lip service. I know there was so much talk like earlier in the season. Okay, but is it the schedule? Is it this? Is it? No, no, no. They're good. So like, first of all, they have two blemishes, right? I mean, they're, they're that game to Auburn, as bad as, you know, that final possession was and, and how classically bad it was and everything. I mean, if, we, if we'd beaten Auburn there, Northwestern's sitting at around like 30th in the nation right now. Like, that's, I mean, and the Pitt loss. So yeah, they got rolled by Pitt. Pitt's last three games, first of all, Pitt's 4-0 in the ACC and in first place. Their last three games are wins over Syracuse, Virginia, and North Carolina. Pitt's awesome. So that's one. And then Ohio State, so much of that game is colored by the fact that it stu- like we got our doors blown off at the beginning of the game. Um, but at the end of the day, 
they battled back in a situation where they could have let the game get away. It was a 16-point game late. Um, and Ohio State is one of the best offenses in the country. And 73 points to that offense, they kind of throttled Ohio State down in the second half of that game. And those those are the lowlights. Everything else is just wins. And like this, Illinois, I mean, this Illinois game was so... We were so excited about it afterwards for... Yeah, it's Illinois. Yeah, you're breaking that streak of eight consecutive losses to them. But everything that happened in the Illinois game looks so replicable for the rest of the season. Right? I mean, for... <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm laughing because I'm waiting for my opportunity to make a point about oh, how ugly yeah, basketball oh, well, is and that well, and that's, be going and two that's, for 13. Eminently well, that's replicable. Exactly what I, that's exactly what I mean, right? <laughs> is So, okay, bottom line, and this happened against Ohio State. If Chase Adij is missing everything and Boo Boo is missing everything, we're just screwed. And that's, that's, yeah, the, yeah, that's, does, the, hard, that's the hard ceiling. It doesn't matter who it's against. It's going to yep. be a real ugly thing on offense. And as we're all incredibly familiar <laughs> for the past four years, like – clanging everything will in no way dissuade those guys from continuing to jack shots. <laughs> and Chris Collins is not going to get in their way of doing it either. And that was the classic thing, right? Well, un, 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 unlike last year, right, where where you had an option to run the offense through Orion Young and 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 we, we could not wrap our heads around why you wouldn't play um, – Young with Pete Nance, um, th- this team doesn't have any other no. options offensively, and that's not to say that the rest of the players are are, are horrible it's just or anything. So it's defined. just like your offense has right. to run through right. Bowie and Audige. It's the right. only option. It's so it's so defined that it's them. The big thing, though, and this is where the Illinois game is: if one of the two of them is hitting, that's enough. Not always enough, but against a team that doesn't have a dominant offense or like Illinois, a young team loaded with four-star guys, loaded with talent that is young and figuring things out. Young and figuring things out. This Northwestern team puts a lid on the hoop if you're young and figuring things out. Um, And one of those two guys, and I mean, like watch a game like DePaul. If Bowie and Adiz are both hot, we can beat anybody. And I mean anybody in the Big Ten. There is nobody, if those two dudes are hot in a game, anybody in the country should watch out. With this defense and those, now again, odds are that doesn't happen. But I think it's it's the flavor of these games, right, is, is falling into such a pattern. You show up to watch these games and the first thing you're checking to see is, all right, we we want to see is it falling for Chase and is it falling for Boo, and really quickly you realize it was falling for Chase in this game. He if he thinks he's hot, he will check. <laughs> he will be like, but what if I'm sideways off one foot? Can I still hit one? <laughs> He'll. He he will literally test off the scoreboard, the, the, right? Off exactly. The scoreboard, off, the off the opposing bench, exactly. But he'll test the absolute limits of it. But I mean, t- taking it around, it all works. 
because the defense is, like you said, I mean, it's two things, right? It's Lowry unlocking this team defense with Adige at the center um, and and turning in and making this suddenly, this group of really athletic guys into one of the best defenses in the country. And Chase Adige going supernova on defense. What? What's amazing is that they do it with so mm-hmm. little length. This is not a long. This is not a long team. And and you and you think about the loss of Nance and what a, I mean, a guy that could guard right from the three to the five. I mean, you know, there were problems when he would take on a five, right? Like we've we've been down that road, but like to see this kind of defensive performance oh. from this personnel this year that that does not appear to have a lot of versatility and a lot of flexibility to match oh, yeah. up. I mean, they are just they're doing oh. this with pure effort and 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 scheme. It's, it's phenomenal. And 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 another another thing that you know to add on to that, they're doing yeah, it without it, fouling. I mean, yeah. Illinois yeah. only got right. to the stripe and, 10 and times it was, and it was night. legit too. And it's some some of that was a mentality from Illinois. They were content to like jack shots as opposed to, like like our defense intimidated them, right? Like they did not they did not take the game to us in an assertive way to earn their their place at the stripe. And that, that'll be an interest like that, that'll be an interesting thing as we go forward, right? Because if, if teams do what Illinois did and instead of attacking the the chaos of that defense and you know if, if a team is you know starts just launching from three and gets hot, like that we're going to be in trouble. But um, I think where where Illinois failed last night was that they 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 didn't even try to get aggressive in a servant until very very late in the game and you saw um, is it Hawkins um, Hawkins starting to assert himself and drive and he got to the line a few times uh, late in the game but yeah just like it, the, the the defense I mean it's a, it's intimidating it kind of it, reminds me of the, the blizzard great point that the women's yep. team ran the yeah. last couple it, of years yeah. for sure um, and that is. The, yeah, in fact, the Chase Ideas Veronica Burden comparisons, big time. Um, but the the team defense, and I think one of the things we've talked about. So if we go back to the Michigan State game, the the fatal error that Michigan State made in that game for so much of the game was their guards. They, they didn't know. Frankly, they didn't know to an extent that the rest of the Big Ten for the rest of the season knows. They didn't know how flipping good defensively this team was. But you can look and you'd be like, all right, well, Northwestern's got an Achilles, theoretically has this Achilles heel to this defense because we don't have Nance and Young anymore. And and Matt Nicholson, but Matt Nicholson hasn't had a lot of minutes. And aside from Matt Nicholson, there's never any real size on the floor. I mean, Scuzz's point, not only length, but just raw size is usually not out there. So Michigan yeah. State spent so much of the game wasting an opportunity to get the ball to Musa Sissoko, this massive big power guy they had down low. And by the time they realized what they were doing, it was too late. The difference in the Illinois game is Illinois knew the entire second half that their goal was to get the ball into Dane Danger down sta- uh, in the in the low block, and the degree to which they couldn't even get the ball into him was unbelievable. Just denial of entry passes. You can go back, you can watch the full highlights, pull them up on YouTube, like Matthew Loves Ball as a big package. Just watch Illinois just trying to run pick and rolls and rotate the ball around just so they can dump it into danger and never be able to do it except one time. And what happened the time that they got it in? First of all, 
Roper tattooed his first shot into the glass. And then he managed to corral the rebound, got swarmed by three guys, put up an off-balance shot, and it was ripped down and we went the other way. It was dominance on defense. And we've talked again about Lowry and the way that he's built this culture out and everything. But, I mean, Chase Adige is, he's Marcus Smart right now. He's Boston Celtics Marcus Smart. And if you want to make the Chase Adige, so first of all, Chase Adige is the best defensive player in the Big Ten. Don't confuse, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, his 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 numbers oh, stack up he's nationally. In the Big Ten, the there's no one close. He's averaging basically three steals and a block a game and leading the best defense in the country. You either just don't want to give the award to a guard or he's the best defensive player in the Big Ten. And right, nationally, like we looked it up today, there are only three high major guys who are getting more steals a game than Chase Adige. And he's blocking more shots than all of them, scoring more points than all of them, and leading a better defense than all of them. He's gone, and we talked about, I don't know if we talked about this before, but um, inside NU, Ignacio Dowling did uh, a big you know, list of stats and like, what has changed for NU this year? And almost all of them are just Adige going supernova. His on-off difference in net rating... It's ridiculous. Oh my god! It went from minus fifteen point two last year to thirty three point one this year. He just has gone to god mode defensively, um, and it's not just numbers. You watch it in the Illinois game. You're like, there are a couple plays where you're like, he got one steal. Where I was like, you you weren't even looking at the guy. Like, how did you know to go there? It was ridiculous. <laughs> Well, he, 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 like the interesting, I'm sure, I'm sure it was around the, these entry passes that you were talking about, John, of like, Illinois knew what they were supposed to do. They, they could not do it. Um, the frust, they got very frustrated. They, they, um, were, were fouling, you know, relentless. They had like seven guys in foul trouble by the end of the game. Um, but you, you've, you've got to think that his play, his relentless play, just oh, they got into so Illinois' pissed. heads in a way that um, totally took them them off their game. I mean, Shannon Harris um, was was <laughs> like 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 ready to throw down. I mean, like um, he was just you know totally off of off of his game and outside of his comfort zone. And that's the play. Like it, it's going to get harder as Northwestern starts to play teams a second time as we go through the conference season. But um, it's you know. It's a wonderful place to be in, and 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 just as we've mm-hmm. talked about in past pods, just to have this identity, um, and to and to build on it, right? And and you saw, um, the the role players on this team are critical. You saw Matt Nicholson in the first half uh, doing some good stuff. You saw um, Barry in particular uh, hit you know what, what was it, three threes in a row um, in the second half that were that were absolutely critical to extend the lead. Um, you know, the, 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 you're going to see some of the young guys on this team. Bernhauser Bur, Bur, had a, an incredible uh, three from the corner at one spot, and, and Verhoeven was um, I th- he, mostly. I think last night you saw him getting getting caught up in in a sequence of fouls. But um, the contributions from those guys are going to grow. So it's just 
this is just going to be a fun ride. And we, I mean, we talked about at the end of last year how cynical of a season this could right. be, just given the talent yeah. and the you know a lame duck Young coaching and staff, and yeah, and just like like for the for the players and the coaches to come out with this identity and mentality and relentlessness, like this is going to be a fun ride, you know, and. and I'm not going to make any, you know, predictions about going to the tournament. I just, I think it's, I think it's premature. I think we've really got to see what this team looks like once they get, you know, into right. February and In, into the meat grinder, into the meat grinder, and and they start to see teams a second time because that, that's what's that's when the rubber really meets the road, right? When the Big Ten teams see you a second time, they know what to expect. They're they're more mentally prepared for the frenzy of the defense, et cetera, et cetera. Right? That's that's when that's when we're really going to see the metal of this team and, and how they can perform. Um, but like, regardless of what may or may not happen at the end of the season, regardless of what this means for Chris Collins, um, just, right. just enjoy this ride. It, it is not going to be pretty basketball, but um, yeah, it's going to be damn it's fun. Funny, to, we, to we, we've had teams. all these discussions, right? And I mean, it's like, not just with other people, like, it's not like, like we have these discussions amongst ourselves, but we were having this exact discussion with someone today about, well, how you know to what extent can i enjoy a season like this because i feel like it's you know extending the chris collins etc and this is like a season in a bottle because it's like buoy and adige and they won't be here next week and it, exactly scott it's like you gotta just step back and for, for northwestern fans there's been a lot of and very rightfully so over the past four years of revenue sports of of we can't have nice things well, this is a yeah, this is a nice thing. Rough sledding. I mean, just, rough sledding. Just in, and and again, Scuzz is right. Like offensively, yeah, sometimes it's ugly, and it's going to be really ugly anytime both of those two guys are off. Defensively, it's beautiful. Like this defense is legit. It is. I mean, there. It's just so nice to watch and. It's it's so funny, like the announcers made so much of a thing about that Illinois technical. And they really wanted to do this whole narrative that the game shifted on that Illinois technical. And to Scuzz's point, that's because Chase Adige was living inside Illinois' brain by that point. And it's like that technical didn't come out of nowhere. Our defense was frustrating the crap out of those guys, and one of them blew his top. And it's like the, I think, folding into that, it's... The Northwestern's just lost so many games that had that kind of character where it's like they had a lead and then they got down and Illinois got on a huge run and then Northwestern just turned it right around and ended up winning by 13. So, right. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a, there was a real buckle up moment when, uh, when Illinois started pressing and like immediately got two, two turnovers. I just, I had, I had flashbacks to that game at Baylor. Um, which yeah. I attended in person cause I was living in Dallas and, um, what, I mean, like we, the Baylor came back from like 20 down because they, we just, we couldn't break a press. Um, and so like, the, like there, there, there are going to be some moments right. this year where y'all tear your hair out and you get really angry and you, you shout and scream at the team, but like the, just the effort on defense. I mean, we like watching these guys hit the floor and fight and claw for, for every rebound and, and every potential, block yeah. or steal and like it is i think it is a thing the other thing too is there's real room for growth in this in this on this team and i see it in like three ways relative to this specific team 
One is Nicholson. Um, and Nicholson is, again, he's not Ryan Young. And of course, the Ryan Young comparisons are so obvious and easy to make. They're they're not the same. Oh, God. Just watch, just watching him, I'm yeah, like, I know. Ryan, only, Ryan Young, who is Ryan indispensable Young. for Duke right now. Um, the And has been getting lauded. He had a perfect game the other day. Um, but Nicholson, um, he's almost... It, it's really weird because you look at so many of the guards and a lot of them, um, I think they they are treating him like he's a little farther along than maybe he thinks he is. The amount of lobs that they are throwing up for him, waiting for him to cram them, and he'll be like, oh, can I do that? And they're all like, yes, just go up and grab that thing and then cram it. We believe in you. He's going to grow into that role. Um, there's some real There's some real Ale- early Alexander Ola. Uh, mm-hmm. in his game in that way mm-hmm. yeah like just oh, go up yeah. and slam right. it dude. exactly and then barnheiser and you know lest we forget barnheiser was a big recruit and you watch him and he's a guy who again going back to scuzz's thing about none of these guys are incredibly long barnheiser's not long but he is built that dude is rock solid yeah, he's solid and he's really comfortable in traffic and i'm sure eventually there's going to be a point where this is going to the team, you know, in a post Bowie and Adigera, the team is going to run through him and he's going to be living in the paint a lot. And I think even as this season goes on, you're going to start seeing him go in there. Um, just go in and body guys, take contact, fallaways, put guys. He put guy. I think he put one guy in the spin cycle in the paint in this game. You're going to see that. So I think there's two. And then third is the fans and the students. Um, because first of all, in the entire run of Welsh Ryan, the new Welsh Ryan, Northwestern basketball has not been good. Northwestern's men's basketball has not been good. But you saw a game tonight where, or last night, where unlike all the rest of the fan bases in the Big Ten, because of the trimester system, or the quarter system, um, Northwestern students were all back and they packed the house. Um, and... I guess they were they were turning. Uh, I know that away. which for let's be honest, the first and last time. The if if a television broadcast opens and at Welsh Ryan, and you have the two announcers talking pregame, and directly behind the two announcers sitting in between them is an Illinois fan, and then we find out later that any Northwestern students were turned away. That's a one of one problem. That will never replicate itself again. You get no do-overs on that one. So I'm sure they'll fix that. But the bottom line is the the fans showed out. It was packed. And they were going off. But suddenly you're going to see this pivot to people being like, first of all, the students are going to be losing their flipping minds at the next couple of games because they know what they have. And the, and the, the, the place is going to start to fill up. And you're going to see what a partisan, pro, Northwestern, massively jam-packed crowd for men's basketball, which we've really only seen for women's up to this point. Um, and that's going to be a massive piece that's going to help this team. So, yeah, again, it's there's so much more to be said and done here. But, I mean, it's, it's a fun team. It's especially considering, like, you know, going into the season, we didn't think this was going to be a fun season. And, like, it's a very, very pleasant surprise. Yeah. And they're and – they're, and the other thing too, and again, it's like there's a lot of not cart before the horse because we were mapping out potential paths 
for the season this year. And so, and a lot of people were jumping on board. And a lot of people were like, don't do this. Don't do this. Yeah. Oh, don't do th- I'm in the, I'm yeah. in the don't do this yeah. camp. Like, like hold the hold right, on. Right. But it is true that this is coinciding with a season where, I mean, yeah, like a team like Wisconsin, Wisconsin's doing Wisconsin things. Purdue, of course, was ranked number one for a lot of the season. Rutgers is feisty, right? Still, it still is right, right now. Um, right. Um, but like Michigan's had their ups and downs. They run really hot and really cold. And then you've got this whole wing of teams at the bottom of the conference from Penn State on down where it's like Illinois, Iowa, and Minnesota are 0-9 in the conference right now. And Maryland and Nebraska are 2-6 and in the conference right now. Like there is a lot of mediocrity for us to be bringing one of the better teams of the Chris Collins era into the Big Ten schedule. Um, it's there have been over, over the past five years alone much superior Big Ten overall seasons to what we're looking at right now. So again, right, it's like all these things of Northwestern can't have nice things. Maybe we can this year. So let's just enjoy this um, and and get excited for this team. When We talked about Michigan State and Northwestern's Achilles heel and Michigan State like identifying too late in that game. The need to start going inside and all that jazz. Like that's going to be a, you know, on the flip side of that coin, you look at Ohio State, and they just bullied us with their front line, mm-hmm. right? Um, our next matchup's against, you know, 15th-ranked Indiana team that has a really great front-court player in Trace Jackson Davis, but, he, like, he's not a huge dude that, that bullies you physically. Like, that, like they're, that's not the type of team they are. Um, their second-highest scoring forward on the front line is Miller Cop. They don't have. Is he still yep. there? Cop yeah. is still there. Yeah, he's still wow. there. Um, he's averaging like nine point six per game. Like I just, th- th- this is a team that, on paper and ranking everything else, like you're, you would expect Northwestern to lose. But I actually think it's a reasonable matchup, and it's going to be fascinating because the, 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 like, sure, come Purdue, Wisconsin, um, when we play Michigan State again, Michigan, like. These are teams that have have some big body players that are going to cause a lot of problems for Northwestern. Ohio State's another one, right? But you look at the Illinois, you look at Indiana, you look at you know, um, th- th- like there's 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 opportunity and there's reason for optimism um, beyond just the fact that like this team is playing really hard and has found an identity. Like they they can win some games. Yeah. So I mean. Uh- at Indiana on Sunday, uh, then we got Rutgers at home before a little road trip to Michigan and Iowa. Uh, kind of takes us through the middle of January. Then uh, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Minnesota, uh, Michigan again, and so on and so on. But uh, I mean, this team is worth watching, and you know if you can find it in you know find it able to get up to Welsh Ryan. I mean, like that, the atmosphere there last night was incredible, oh, yeah. and you know. Get get up there, get be a part of that because like I, we we haven't seen the new building rocking like that before, yeah. and not like oh, that. Yeah, and it was and again like a, the the whiteout at both ends. It looked awesome. And the other thing too is is again can't overstate this enough. Chase Adige has gone supernova. He might be the best defensive basketball player in the nation. He certainly is the best defensive basketball player in the Big Ten. He's worth a ticket to go and watch him play. Um, 
he has always been a phenomenal defensive basketball player. He has gone to this next place this season, um, and you ought to go watch it in person. If you or a loved one is seriously injured by someone else's negligence, hire Kent Sinson of the Sinson Law Group. After over a decade prosecuting murder cases in Chicago, Sinson opened his own firm focused on wrongful death and personal injury cases. He specializes in car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and other transportation accidents, as well as construction accidents, medical negligence, slip and falls, product liability, and more. Millions recovered for clients. No fee unless he wins. The Sinson Law Group. Compassion, empathy, and vigorous advocacy. Go to SinsonLawGroup.com or call 312-332-2107 for a free consultation and go Cats. As we're recording right now, uh, it is 73-68 for the uh, Illinois beating the women right now. Um, uh, 69, Kayla Rainey just hit her hit her oh. uh, and one to bring like to cut it to four with six right. minutes to play. Like they like six the, minutes to go. These cats, are, the the women's team's looking good um, on the road against a really really good Illinois team. Uh, finding finding some stuff. Kaylee Walsh throwing herself around, being an, an absolute like physical presence down low. Um, you've seen some great. Uh, 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 some great defense leading to fast break points um, from uh, some of the some of the guards. I, I forget exactly who it is. It's number eleven, um, but Sydney Wood, Courtney Shaw uh, doing their part, and then you, and then you got Carolyn Lau and 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 Rainey doing their thing as 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 the as the point guards and driving and and creating some havoc. So I, like there's you know this this women's team is still finding themselves. Um, it's it's not going to be a great season for them, but um, there's. Uh, there's some exciting, you know, development and things to 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 come here. Uh, yeah, so we'll definitely you know, kind of keep an eye on that. Um, Two point game. Ooh, love it. Ka- I, Kayla Rainey get... with the uh, with the fast break layup. Oh, fan- fantastic. Um, you know, a, a bunch of bowl games. I mean, pretty much all of the bowl games except for one uh, are in the books. Um, you got the national championship game coming up uh, this weekend, TCU and Georgia. Uh, just some incredible uh, playoff games, and both those games were just so much fun to watch. And uh, you know the the New Year's Day games, which were I guess you know January second, because um, you know they didn't want to take on the NFL. Uh, college very wisely doesn't play January first bowl games on Sundays. Um, but I, I feel like all of those January 2nd bowl games were pretty much forgotten about uh, what with, you know, what happened later on that evening in the Bengals and Bills game with uh, DeMar Hamlin. Um, you know, just what I mean, I struggle to put into words the feelings of going on that. And I, I, I don't know that we really want to get into it because, you know, what more do we have to add to the the conversation really um, that hasn't already been said, but I mean, you, well, I guess one thing I, I would say is something that made me feel good is, you know, the, the fact that most of the chatter, uh, you know, most of the discourse was, you know, rightfully concerned about uh, DeMar Hamlin and wasn't like, Oh, you know, we need to you know figure out how to, how to get back into, you know, what, What's going to happen to the game? What's going to happen to like the, the tiebreakers? And you know the the playoffs are coming up, and how are they going to reschedule this? And blah 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 blah. But like that, you know, that night, and you know, even for like twenty four or forty eight hours after that, 
I mean, the conversation was about, you know, about DeMar Hamlin and, you know, how, you know, hoping and praying that, you know, he starts to recover. And, you know, the signs that we've been seeing have been great, you know, phenomenal. Like he opened, opening his eyes today and, you know, asking, did we win? Um, and, yeah. and the doctor saying, "Demar yeah, Hamlin, op- life. yeah, if Demar because, Hamlin yeah, opens just, his eyes and asks, did we win? The answer is yes, we all won.' <laughs> I'm like, oh, it was, and and you're absolutely right, Sam. I mean, again, ap- in the moment, absolutely horrific situation, and and we pray that he continues to recover and continues to get better. Um, but it is true that I think you know th- there." There certainly were little things and like in the moment, the timetable, you know, is the game going to be canceled? But overall, it was people, just the vast majority of people thinking the right things, feel thinking with their hearts, feeling, you know, thinking about, you know, the well-being of a young person and not the game. And, you know, the vast majority of people were on the same page. The game took secondary importance. Everyone was just all anyone cared about was hamlin's well-being um the donations to his charity just absolutely phenomenal millions of dollars pouring into his charity and everything i mean it's it's i think the vast majority of of people you know reacted with humanity and the right kind of humanity um and which was touching to see but obviously right the best the best and most important thing is for him to continue to get well and and knock wood furiously i'm knocking as we speak um, the early signs have been very positive. Um, I, you know, don't really know how to pivot off of that, you know, gracefully. So the, the um, one thing right in the spirit of a not graceful pivot at all, we were talking about bowl games earlier. Um, the capital one bowl mania, yeah. but we check in. Um, I haven't done the specific math. Um, Jeff Hong is currently leading uh our capital one bowl mania 98.6th percentile overall um coming in and in second place right now and again i don't know to what extent either of them has big chips riding on the national championship or or how it works etc but um nick medline who someone we've had many conversations with about northwestern basketball is currently in second place um so i found that kind of interesting nick is this Nick's uh, will what one of the people who's rightfully so is most I think been looking most clear eyed at this Northwestern team and wait basketball team waiting to see exactly what there is here. But you know he's uh, hopefully he'll be happily jumping on board and his fine performance in Capital One Bowl Mania will be putting him even more in the spirits to to jump on board with this team. Pretty pretty proud of the three of us all in the bottom ten right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, the amount and, of times uh, the amount of times <laughs> Scuzz has said some form of the phrase, "It's like I didn't even watch football this year." I, like my God, every every instinct that I had picking games uh, and 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 even watching games has just been you know has gone out the window. Like uh, teams that I thought would struggle because of who opted out and. Um, I made the mistake in some cases of just kind of picking, like betting on QBs, and that, no, 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 it, nothing works. I may, I may as well flip the coin. Um, I'm, I'm in twentieth in our in our competition right now. In eighteenth is my daughter. Her picks are made entirely based on which animal she likes more in that game. So, <laughs> yeah. 
real did, proud of did, myself. Did she do? Did she play with her confidence at all? Or I I don't think we moved it around that much with the confidence. No. So, but she's tw- but she's twenty two and twenty just on the basis of animals she likes more. Yeah. So my daughter, we didn't do anything with her confidence. Um, she is also twenty two and twenty. I'm sitting at twenty one and twenty one. Um, you know, <laughs> right. And and we and we both picked uh, Georgia on the national like we were aligned on the national championship game. So. And my daughter, who just arbitrarily picked teams, like it wasn't even a which animal does she like better. It was just, huh? Who who had a better record? You know, absolutely nothing to it. And I'm like, and so I, the, I went the, through and and you know did confidence and all that, and you know she outpicked me. Your the, your the, daughter was reading the Phil Steele magazine this morning. Yeah, like, that's like, true. So <laughs> like, like I like I like I'm gonna call I'm gonna call a little bit of shenanigans there. She might know more than us. <laughs> that's that's yeah. entirely um, true. I did want I did want to bring up one just tidbit from the bulls and like, you know, bull season was fun. That two lane game was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we've enjoyed things here and there, but I wanted to make a callback cause I, I, I can't remember exactly the year, but the last time that the semifinals were on new year's Eve, there was a lot of consternation in part. Like those were bad games that year. Right. Um, weren't no problem with the semifinals on New Year's Eve this year. And in fact, like, uh, my wife and I were discussing, like, you know, who's, who's going to sit at home after we put the younger two to bed and who's going to go back to the, to the neighbor's party. And um, I was fine. Like, the confluence of, of that game and, and the Eastern time countdown to midnight were uh, a marvelous thing to take in simultaneously. It was a lot. It was, uh, it was pretty entertaining. Um, and a lot of fun, and maybe I'm just old. Like this, this, this whole diatribe might be like a, a proxy for old, um, and that's fine. But uh, I did think it was interesting that you know what was it four years ago or six years whenever it whenever it happened last, like people were losing their minds because the the ratings were so bad and everything else, and um, that well, that not, you know not a problem this time around. Well, it was it was very heartwarming to to watch the exciting results of those semifinals because if anyone needs a win it's the fat cats who stand to benefit from an expanded playoff so (laughs) 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 which again is like that's who wins here because it's like all the proponents of an expanded playoff who want to cash those checks fantastic semifinal games only increase the likelihood you're going to get quarterfinal games which you know we already know that's coming but the You know, you pray that you continue to get more quality games and that we don't just get a bunch of beatdowns. I tell you who's winning is TCU landing what, yeah. three transfers now from Alabama. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. As they cash in on their on their success almost immediately. So that's, yeah, good stuff. Purple teams landing transfers, you say. That. <laughs> well, how, how, does that, how does that work? <laughs> um... Oh, and anything else can, can, I mentioned before? Can, a, can a purple team hire some coaches first? Yeah, yeah right. Right. Like, like, that's one, one step at a time, I guess, right? Um, and anything else to mention before we get out of here? No, just go. Nah, just like, yeah, t- t- tune in cats at Indiana on Saturday. Uh, cats hosting Rutgers next Thursday. If you're, if you're able to get, get up to the stadium, like do it, make it happen. It's a lot of fun. Um, any, you know, guesses on TCU, Georgia? I mean, TCU. It's 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 a mismatch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a mismatch for TCU most of the way, though. Hasn't I'm it? not saying there's no chance, but 
it's a mismatch. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I could maybe give you an over under on amount of people Jaden Carter lifts up during the game. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see him do that thing where he just like comes on comes on the field and just kind of picks Stetson Bennett up and puts him under his arm with the football and just like bull rushes him all the way down the field, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, but again, people didn't think TCU had a chance in the semi either. So yeah, true. I'd, I'd love to, truth. would love to see. And again, TCU, yes, they've lived something of a charmed life in terms of some of the games that they've won, but they also kind of got screwed out of the big 12 championship game and being undefeated right now. So they're a really good team. So they'll, yeah. they're they, going to they, give Georgia they, their best game. Duggan is a baller QB that mm-hmm. has done it in the biggest spotlight um, with his arm and with his legs. Uh, TCU is a team with a ton of speed. They've they've recruited well. Um, it's, it was a real focus of of Gary Patterson and you know Sonny Dykes like love him love him or hate him from you know his short tenure at SMU or 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 whatever like he's an he's an air raid coach in the national championship. With, with like what three weeks after Mike Leach passed away? Yeah, right. Yeah, there's some there's some A um, pirate magic. Yeah, so I like, I like, you know, th- th- they run a defense and an offense that that frankly, like, outside of the Big Twelve, you don't see that much. Um, like Michigan really struggled with the TCU three three five. Um, so I, you know, who knows? We'll we'll see what happens. It's 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 uh. They play the games for the re- for a reason. It's you know a talent mismatch, probably a bit of a coaching mismatch as well. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I just would so love you know the ultimate proof that Texas is back, being a national title, <laughs> returning <laughs> to the state <laughs> of Texas. TCU winning a title that would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, let's go ahead and leave it there for tonight. Uh, head to our website, westlawpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at westlawpirates, and email the show, westlawpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics, and look for us in the West Lot of Ryan Field flying the red pirate flag, because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Skazba, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.